Welcome to the Gregory Digout Podcast. Hey, everybody. Good, uh, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you're watching from. You know, I'm coming to your home live every day. I'm bringing God's word to you. I'm bringing God's peace to you, God's grace to you, God's love and God's faith to you, God's hope to you. Now abide these three, right? Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Why is love the greatest? Because God is love. Faith, hope, and love, these three abide. But, but the greatest of these is love. Now, faith is awesome and hope is awesome. But the greatest of these is love. And the reason love is the greatest is because God is love and love is what makes the other two work. Love is what makes faith work according to um, Galatians chapter five, and love is what makes hope work, according to uh, Romans chapter five. So God's love, God's love is what makes our faith work. We believe that we will pass through this crisis. We believe our needs are met because God keeps his promises, because that's what love does. Love, perfect love, that's God's love for us makes a promise and keeps his promise. God doesn't make a promise that he doesn't keep. So every promise in the word of God can be relied on. In fact, all of the prophecies of the Bible, all of the prophecies of the Bible, every one of them have been fulfilled except the ones that have to do with the second coming of Jesus. And those will be fulfilled as well because he hasn't come back yet. When he comes back, all the prophecies will then have been fulfilled. So you can have confidence that in the same way that he promised he would come the first time and he came, he also promised he would come a second time and he will come. And in between that, all of his promises are in place. And one of those promises is between the time that he came the first time and the time that he came, that he will come the second time, in Acts chapter 3, verse 19, he will restore everything that the prophets said would be restored. So guess what? The years that you're losing are going to be restored. The money that you're losing is going to be restored. The time that you've lost is going to be restored. The chances that you've lost are going to be restored. The opportunities that you lost are going to be restored because God is a God of restoration. Now, I'm going to say something about the virus. We're not going to be afraid of it. Okay. We're, we're going to have faith and we're going to have wisdom. We're going to have faith and believe that no weapon formed against us will prosper. And we're going to have wisdom in following the guidelines of safe, uh, safe, you know, you know, the social distancing, the safe, safe distancing and all of that. I don't mean to say that like, um, uh, disrespectfully, but I want you to know, I want to honor those things because that's wisdom, but I want to honor God and that's faith. So we can do both, but there will come a point. There is going to come a point where if we had to choose one or the other, we're choosing faith, but we're not at that point. We always choose faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. But my point is, is if, if God's, if, if, if what this world asks of you becomes contrary and contradictory to what God asks of you at that time, should that occur? I'm going with God. How about you? I'm going with God. In fact, 
I know we're on day three of our 30 days of rest, and I, I don't want this word to mislead you. Rest doesn't mean being lazy. Rest doesn't mean being sloppy. Rest doesn't mean just sleeping. Rest means having peace of mind no matter what's going on around us. The perfect example of rest is Jesus when he gets in the boat with his disciples. You've heard me talk about this for weeks and years. Years I've been telling the story that this is how we can live. That Jesus gets in the boat, tells his disciples we're going to the other side, and as soon as they, they get in the boat, he goes into the back of the boat, they take off, he goes to sleep, a storm hits, he stays sleeping, they, they get worried, they wake him up, and they say, don't you care that we're perishing? Right now, I want you to know something. This is what people are asking. Doesn't God care? Why is God letting this happen? See, God is not the one who lets things happen because of man's decisions. God gives man authority over his life. God gives mankind authority and responsibility. And God's not letting this happen. God's not making this happen. This is not the apocalypse. This is not Armageddon. This is not the end of the world. This is the end of a virus. This is the end of us not taking care of our health enough. That's, that's what this is the end of. This is the end of us taking our health for granted. This is the end of us uh, not washing our hands. This is the end of us not being cognizant of how we relate to people and how we spread things. And if an invisible virus can spread like what we're seeing, then an invisible God can spread, an invisible revival can spread, and an invisible faith can spread, and an invisible hope can spread, and an invisible optimism and positivity can spread. You gotta stop at some point watching the bad news. You gotta stop, folks, because look, it's not, I'm gonna prophesy right now. We're going to the other side, and I'm gonna prophesy to you right now. In America and in other parts of the world, this is not going to be as bad as the fear has proclaimed. It's not going to be as bad as some have predicted. I silence and stop and bind the words over this world that millions of people will die from this. I bind those words. I bind those strongholds. I bind that force of the virus and coronavirus. I adjure it in the name of Jesus to cease and desist its operation against this world. And now if we start, all start talking like that, it's going to stop. I'm making it stop. You make it stop. Whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. But I want you to know you're coming out of this. We're coming out of this. And we're rendering to Caesar what is Caesar's, but we're rendering to God what is God's. That's faith and wisdom. We're going to follow the procedures, but there will come a point where we're going to have to come back outside. We're not running and hiding. We're not going to be able to stay in our homes forever. So I want you to have hope. This is going to end, and it's going to end faster than the end of this year or months from now. We're going for it. We're going to the other side. We're not going to be in this condition for, for long. So hang in there, be patient, but be full of faith and optimism and full of hope. And why? Because love never fails. God's love for you isn't going to fail. So what's happening right now? People without jobs are able to collect unemployment. 
at least in this country. I'm sure it's like that in many countries, but I can only speak for the country that I live in currently. And it's gonna come, like it's gonna come to an end sooner rather than later, number one. Number two, those that are unemployed, those that have lost their jobs can collect unemployment. That's gonna tide you over. Uh, everybody else who makes $75,000 or less is gonna get money from the government. Now, I'm not here representing the government, but I'm telling you that even from the government standpoint, things are gonna get better and businesses are getting loans as we speak that are gonna be forgiven so that they can keep their employees employed. Now, I'm, as a pastor uh, and as a global ministry, we have many employees and I've already told them and, and I've already declared whether the government helps or not, no one is being laid off because of this. No one at our, at our ministry is being laid off because of this. We're trusting God, we're believing God. Nobody's gone without a paycheck up until now and nobody's gonna go without a paycheck throughout the duration of this. That's how we operate, because we operate by faith. And it's a good thing that in America, we had a booming economy before this hit, because that's been able to absorb some of the shock of this. And this is God's way to always store up by tithing, to always store up by saving, to always store up by being generous and being wise and being frugal and living below your means so that if a time of famine comes, if a time of struggle comes, when a time of, of struggle and trouble and trial comes, you're ready. So this is like a dress rehearsal. I'm not minimizing anybody's suffering or anybody's death, but worse things can happen, but the, we can operate the same. And here's what I want you to get. Here's what I want to get across to you, and then I'll, I'll read you day three of uh, uh, 30 Days of Rest. But Mark 4.26 explains everything, explains everything, because I have declared war on fear and on religion that doesn't, that, doesn't, that doesn't empower people, that false religions that don't empower people with the goodness of God, the power of God, the power of the Spirit. But I declare war on fear. And I'm going to tell you where fear comes from. Fear comes from a sense of powerlessness. In fact, all negative emotions come from a sense of powerlessness. When you feel powerless, you begin to fear. And so right now, when the government shuts everybody down, businesses, only essential businesses can work, which in my opinion, all business is essential business because it employs all people. But I, my differences with the government is not our issue today because we all disagree to some degree. I, I just, the only one I agree with fully is God. And I'm screwed up sometimes on that because he, he, because he's never wrong. So but I will say this, that um, that regardless of whatever differences you might have with the government and regardless of whatever differences I have with the government, we can't rely on the government to be our source and we can't rely on th uh, the information only from the government. We have to know that God has given us power. Because when the government shuts everything down, you feel powerless because we can't go into restaurants. We can't be we can't gather among 10 people or more. We can't we can't have more than 10 people gather. We can't um, open our businesses to the public in many people's businesses. The church is always open. We we're, we're limiting our gatherings to online so that nobody feels insecure or feels that we're not honoring the, the, the wisdom, but 
I want you to know what makes people feel powerless when things like this happen is, or what makes you, what it makes you feel when these things happen is it makes you feel powerless. Like there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do about the virus. There's nothing you can do about the shutdown. There's nothing you can do about your business. But the, but the fact is, is we are not powerless because in times like this, we have not been given the spirit of fear, but power. The first thing he says is power. Why power? Because power is what gives you confidence. Power is what gives you uh, faith. Power is what delivers you from fear. See, when you feel powerless, oh, there's nothing I can do, then you're going to feel afraid. But look at the power that God gave us. Mark 4, 26 explains it all. Jesus said, the kingdom of God. Now, I know this is going a little longer than normal, but it's Friday and, and uh, I need to get this across to you. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is like a man that plants seed in the ground. Then he goes to bed at night. Then the seed sprouts up and grows. How? He doesn't know how it grows. But first the blade, then the head, then the mature grain in the head. It grows. But I want you to understand these words when Jesus says, the kingdom of God is like a man that plants seed in the ground. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. I want you to understand there are two kingdoms operating right now in this world. There's the kingdom of this world's system. The world system of fear, the world system of following the news, the world system of the media setting the pace, the world system of of anxiety, the world system of government taking care of us, the world system of uh, that is broken, the world system that is prideful and self-centered and selfish and afraid and and um, hordes. That's the world's system. I'm not blaming anybody in the world for this. This is from the this is this is the devil's kingdom set up a worldly system that is conflicting with God's system. Now there are some things between that are in the world right now and in the kingdom of God, some things overlap and some things in this world do not contradict the kingdom of God, but some things do. So we have to make that distinction. And my point here is the kingdom of God is not heaven. The kingdom of God is not a place. We're going to, we're going to go to heaven. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, you're going to go to heaven when you die. That's heaven. But the kingdom of God, the word kingdom is the word system or the word government. And so when he says the kingdom of God, he's saying the system of God, God's system, God's operating system the way God does things. This is what most Christians have missed in their myth, in the mythology of God's kingdom, rather than the reality of God's kingdom. We've bought into a religious mythology of the kingdom of God is one day when we get there, it's invisible this and invisible that. But God says, Jesus says, the kingdom of God is like a man that plants seed in the ground and goes to bed at night. He rests, he sleeps, he is at peace. All of our emotions are the byproduct of the seed planting that we do. So if we, if we don't plant any seeds of faith, if we don't plant any good seeds with our words, good seeds with our money, good seeds with our kindness, good seeds with our, the way we treat people, if we don't plant good seeds, there is no certainty 
of a good future. Well, there is a certainty. There's a certainty of sowing, sowing um, sparingly, then we'll reap sparingly. Sowing bountifully, we'll reap bountifully. Now, don't let the devil get in your head right now and start telling you that, oh, there's another preacher that's gonna ask people for their money because I'm not receiving an offering today. I'm, that's not my objective. I don't want anything from you. I want to give something to you. The kingdom of God is not a place. The kingdom of God is a system of operating and the kingdom of this world is a worldly system of operating. And as I said, there are times when those things overlap, when government does good things like loaning money to businesses that they're gonna eventually forgive those loans and people can keep their employees employed. That's, that's, that's an overlap where uh, the kingdom of God celebrates the government doing that, but the kingdom of God does not, the kingdom of God, God's system does not depend on the government doing that. God's system is not waiting for the government to do that. God's system is we plant seeds. God's system is a man plants seed. God's kingdom is you plant seeds, you'll have rest. You plant kingdom seeds, you'll have kingdom rest. Jesus illustrated this, and I want you to understand what seeds are. Just like a farmer knows what seeds are, you need to know what seeds are. Our seeds are our words, planting the right words in our hearts and in the hearts of others. Our seeds are our actions, planting the right uh, choices, the right actions towards others and for ourselves. Those are seeds and money is another seed. We plant our money in the right things, whether that's, whether that's in our church, which we should give our tithes and offerings to our church still because the church is still alive and well and doing the work of the kingdom. Even when we're not gathering in person, we're doing everything still to feed and to help and to bless and to pray and to be available and to advance the gospel through missions and, and supporting people that need our support. But my point is, is the kingdom of God is a system of operating. And the system is seed planting, seed planting, seed planting. And you know what a farmer knows that we can learn from? You know what a farmer can do? In fact, farmers are, the, if not the hardest, at least equal to the hardest workers on the planet. They work and they work and they cultivate their field and they plant their seeds. But you know what they do at night? They sleep. You know why they sleep? Because once they've cultivated their ground and then they've planted their seeds and allowed water to water the seeds, there's nothing they can do. The seed is going to work. They, they don't wait up all night. I wonder if my seed's going to be, I wonder if my seed's going to work. I wonder if my seed's going to work. I wonder if it's going to work. I wonder if it's going to, they don't do that. They're able to sleep because they know the system is working. And what is the system? Seed time and harvest. That's the system. That's God's kingdom. That's how he set it up. So the way to overpower fear is to operate by this kingdom system, not the world system of waiting to get, waiting to receive, hoping. Hope. Now, listen, if you're collecting unemployment, there's nothing wrong with that. There's no shame in that. That's exactly what, why you paid taxes so that you can receive that in times like this. And the government giving businesses loans so they can keep the, their employees employed. You see where there's overlap here? These are good things. And this is 
to buy time for the virus to die and for us to kill the virus and for us to keep praying against it and speaking to it, but not being afraid of it. Faith and wisdom, faith and wisdom. So the kingdom of God is a man, a woman, a person plants the seeds, the right seeds, and that empowers us to rest. The reason people are anxious and worried and nervous is because of uncertainty and, and because of a sense of powerlessness. And the thing that takes the uncertainty out of the equation and the thing that takes the powerlessness out of the equation is knowing your power and using your power. Knowing that you are a seed planter of good words, good seeds, good financial investments, good financial sowing into God's kingdom. You're planting seeds, you're getting a harvest. For everyone that's going through something, find somebody going through something worse and reach out and help them because that's planting a seed also. Whether it's praying for them, calling somebody, dropping some groceries off for somebody, dropping some you know, hand sanitizer, toilet paper, whatever, food. Like, do something for somebody else. That's why tithing is so powerful, giving God the first tenth. And we should continue to do that. Christians should, non-Christians should do that as well, because it works. My point is, what takes uncertainty and powerlessness out of your life is understanding the kingdom of God is a system and then operating by that system of planting good seeds. Then it says in verse 26, and he goes to bed at night. Why? Because the seed knows what to do once it gets in the ground. That's the kingdom of God. That's the power of the seed. And the Bible says, Jesus said in Matthew 13, verse 19, when good seed is planted, the devil comes immediately when the, when the seed is planted and the person does not understand. When the seed is planted and there's no understanding, then the devil comes and steals the seed that has been sown. So I pray and I just prophesy to you that there, you will understand how the kingdom of God operates because the failure to understand it is what gives Satan the power to steal the seed from your heart. But the understanding of God's kingdom, what is it? It's God's system. His system of what? His system of operating. This is how God does things. This is how the kingdom of God operates. There's two systems in this world. Choose the system of fear or choose the system of faith, but you have the power of choice. Choose the system that leaves you powerless, waiting for the power, waiting for the money, waiting for the government, waiting for the virus, waiting for this and that. I'm not saying not to use wisdom during those times, but that's not the system. We're not gonna live by that system of fear and waiting and dependence upon others. We're gonna live by the system of planting seeds, word seeds. We're going to the other side. Word seeds, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Word seeds, no weapon formed against me will prosper, no evil will come near my dwelling place. Word seeds of uh, no, no, um, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Word seeds of God is for me, not against me. Word seeds that God is with me, God is in me, God is for me, God is not against me. Word seeds 
that my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. These are word seeds. Start planting the right words, then rest. Start planting the right seeds, then rest. This is God's system. The rest will come. You're not tr you don't have to strive to find this rest. Rest will come. Okay, so in closing, <laughs> let me just read to you day three of our 30 days of rest, which are really, I call them pearls of pure grace. And day three is called the throne of grace. Hebrews 4.16 says, so let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give. Take the mercy, accept the help, accept the help. Hebrews 4.16 from the Message Bible. It says in New King James, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. And I'll just read this to you. Take a fresh look at the throne of God's grace today. It will change you. God is so ready to give us what we need. His throne does not dispense judgment or guilt to his child. For to those who are washed by the precious blood of Jesus, his throne dispenses nothing but grace, unlimited, unmerited, unmixed mercy and grace to help you in your time of need and in any and every area of your life that you have need. So approach boldly this grace-filled throne. Ask boldly for what you need at this grace-filled throne and accept boldly all that you have asked for at this grace-filled throne. God is so ready to fill you, to meet your needs and empower you today. You know, you know who's seated on the throne of grace? The Lamb of God. Not a judge, a lamb. Go to him. That's planting a seed too. Go to the lamb who sits upon the throne. Ask him for whatever you need and believe you receive it the moment you ask and peace will come joy will come and what you asked for will come. I love you guys and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Lord, thank you for opening every person's eyes to the power that they have, the power to plant seeds, the power to give, the power to pray, the power to go to your throne and receive grace and mercy in their time of need. I thank you for each person being delivered from that sense of powerlessness today in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for taking the time with me today. God bless, see you tomorrow.